So today I want to talk to you guys about love. We're doing seasons of love because, you know, when you think of love, and especially today we're talking about affectionate love, right here, right? No, <laughs> one person, thank you, one person laughed. When you think of a big, cuddly, fluffy guy, it's me, no, of course not. Uh, by the way, as to my height, I am the shortest guy in my family. Believe it or not, I know. Welcome to Minnesota. Uh, I'm six foot three, but my hair is six foot one. That's the trade-off we made. Uh, okay, seasons of love. What's up there? Do I go down or do I go up? I go down. Fantastic. So we're talking about seasons of love. Every time I hear that, I want to think of uh, the, the musical, 525,000, six, I, I promise the sermon won't be that long. I won't make it 525,600 minutes. Today we're gonna to talk about storge love or family love or affectionate love is kind of maybe the best translation for it. And the overarching theme of this entire month as we look at love is the idea that love unlocks all doors. I really want you guys to walk away from this message today, seeing God at work in your lives and in your close relationships. And because I'm a school teacher, your homework is to look for those doors being unlocked and to walk through them with God's help. Amen? That's the overarching theme for today. Uh, before I get into this, I want to share a story with you guys about leadership convergence. Uh, raise your hand if you are at leadership convergence last month. Couple of you? Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a worship session where like it just becomes so overwhelming and you just, you stop singing, you stop worshiping because I guess the presence of God is so thick and, and you, can't, you can't keep up with it and you just look at the people around you and even if you're not having a genuine encounter in that moment, you know the people next to you are. And at Leadership Convergence, we were singing that song, uh, New Beginnings, and we were doing the bridge. He's never failed me yet. I promise that's the last time I'll sing. And, yeah, thank you. And, uh, and people were singing it, but they weren't just singing it, they were screaming it, they were shouting it, they were declaring that God had never, had never failed them yet. I want you to understand that at that conference, we heard testimonies of people who have lost family in this season, who've lost loved ones in this season. And I know everybody in that room had struggled with something, you know, your job, being stuck at home with the kids, whatever it was. And here these people are declaring that God hasn't failed them yet. And I'm supposed to talk to you guys about love? No. This church gets it. This church knows God's love. It's real here. I felt it. And yet I have a job to do, right? We gotta talk about love. So let's talk about love. Um, there's four Greek words that we're covering in this series. Agape, Pastor Timothy, give him a big hand. Didn't he do a great job last week talking about God's love? Selfless agape love. I'm gonna be covering storge today, not storage, as Neil pointed out yesterday, although we should store up God's love in our hearts, right? Uh, next week, we'll hear about phileo. Anybody know what phileo is? I think I heard brotherly, brotherly love. This is where we get Philadelphia from, the city of brotherly love. 
Although if you've ever been to Philadelphia, I don't know how true that is. <laughs> and then Eros, and thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to preach on Eros. Please pray for Pastor Timothy's and Teresa as they, uh, as they get ready for that in a couple weeks. So today I'm gonna be talking about Storge, and uh, here's the thing, I've been a Christian for a long time. I grew up in church and accepted Christ, became a born-again Christian in junior high. At a McDonald's, so go Golden Arches, yes, cheeseburgers and Jesus. Uh, I accepted Christ in junior high. So I've been a Christian for, I won't tell you how many years, but quite a few years. I've been to church a lot. I have never heard the word storge until this year. I have heard dozens of sermons on agape, phileo, even eros. I have never heard the word storge before. So I was like, what is this? So I did a deep dive into scripture to find out and looking at where it appears in the Bible. And guess what? It doesn't. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. So I have to get up here and talk to you guys about a word in scripture that's not in scripture. It's a little tricky for me, right? The reason we chose these four words is because it, it's most popularized by C.S. Lewis in a book called Four Loves. So I'll give you a couple quotes from that book. This word, though, does appear in Scripture as its antonym and as a conjunction with other words. And that idea of family, the idea of uh, affectionate love is throughout the Bible. And so we'll look at some verses and examples. So the first half of this is going to be kind of teaching, information overload. And then the second half, I'm going to give you some personal stories that hopefully help you put those things into practice so we can go from here and love, and love our families especially. Amen? Okay, let's get into it. Since we're talking about family, I want to show you a different picture of my family. This is uh, quite dark here in this screen. Sorry. Uh, this is my four generations of my family. You got my little baby girl down in the bottom. Isn't she cute? Aww. If you, if you know her, she's not that small anymore. She's taller than her mother now. Uh, grandma, who just turned 90, who just turned 90, you can cheer that. Yes, that's a big accomplishment. Yes, the women in that family all live to be 90s or even the hundreds. The men, I think, go into hiding. Uh, no, I'm kidding. We love them. We love my grandma. Uh, so this is my family, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit about family later, and especially how I relate to family. I have more recent pictures of this, but uh, I, I kid you not, I have three terabytes of photos at home, and I'm not going to search through all of them. That's a lot of digital pictures. Oh my, my wife loves the camera. So uh, let's talk about biblical uses of storge and where this word shows up, do a little word study, teach you guys some things. So again, the word storge doesn't show up in the Bible, but its antonym does. By my count twice, I found it twice. The first is in Romans 131. Paul is talking about people who have denied God. You remember a few verses before this, he says that uh, since the beginning of creation, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power have been clearly seen in the things that have been made so that people are without excuse. There's no excuse not to believe in God. He's given us enough evidence. But for the people who do reject them, who do deny him, Paul says they are foolish, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. And that word heartless is the word astorgos. A-storge, astorgos, which is the antonym, the opposite. It's without storge love, without family love. Here in 2 Timothy 3.3, 3, 
Paul is talking about people who similarly have rejected God, but he goes one step further earlier than this. He talks about these are people who love themselves. The Greek word there is philostogos. Philoautos, uh, philatos, philatos, I think, sorry. Phileo uh, autos, like automobile self, self-love. My Greek's a little rusty, sorry. Uh, so we're talking about people who love themselves rather than God. And you know if God's not on the throne of your life, who is? You, right? So these are people who have rejected God. He calls them again heartless unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. And that word heartless is again, astorgos, the antonym. So that tells you what it's like if you don't have storge love. Another version of this is as a conjunction with phileo. So we have philostorgos, which is to love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, it says in Romans 12. So we can kind of get an indication of what the word means by looking at what the word doesn't mean, but there are also several examples in Scripture where it's pointed out or implied that we should have this kind of love. In Exodus, when we look at the Ten Commandments, honor your mother and father that your days may be long in the land, that your God, uh, Lord your God, is giving you. And as Jesus said, this is the first commandment with a promise. So to honor our mothers and fathers, pointing at that idea, idea of family love. I think of Abraham and Sarah, uh, who of course were married, and so they had a deeper kind of intimate love, that marriage love, which I'm sure Pastor Timothy and Teresa will talk about quite a bit. But they also had that familiar love, the, uh, the affectionate love, which is probably why they were able to convince everyone they were brother and sister, right? I think of Noah and his family. Can you guys imagine being trapped in a small little boat for that long with all of your kids and family, surviving the end of the world? Yes, you can imagine. It feels like the last couple of years, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I keep bringing up that pain, don't I? I'll try not to. Yes, they had that affectionate kind of love. They were able to live together in those close quarters with all the barn animals for that long, right? Think of other examples, uh, maybe Jacob and Isaac, Ruth and Naomi. These guys weren't, they weren't blood relatives, but you know, go back to your people. No, you are my people. Where you go, I will go. I will follow you. There is a friend that holds closer than a brother, right? Family isn't necessarily just blood. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Hannah and Elkanah, who were Samuel's parents. So the Bible is full of stories of people who have that affectionate, familiar love. Uh, C.S. Lewis defines it like this in his book, The Four Loves. I should say, rather than define, describes. It lives with humble, undressed, private things, soft slippers, old clothes, old jokes, the thump of a sleepy dog's tail on the kitchen floor, the sound of a sewing machine. Isn't that beautiful? If you, if you walk away with one thing from this, it's that God loves you. A second thing would be you need to read more C.S. Lewis. He's a brilliant, brilliant author. When I think of this, when I think of storge love, and especially how C.S. Lewis presents it, I think of, I think of like cozy, family, uh, cuddled up in the living room. I think of Christmas. My favorite holiday is Christmas. Sitting on the couch, sharing a blanket, sipping hot cocoa, 
the tree is lit up in the corner, you're watching some really crummy movie on Netflix about Santa Claus or something like that, right? But it's just, it's safe. It's cozy. That's storge love. Lewis also put it this way, affection, and by that he means storge, is responsible for nine-tenths out of whatever solid, durable happiness there is in our lives. You think of the happy moments in your life, the content moments in your life. Paul said, I learned the secret of being content in all things. This isn't just like, ooh, happiness. Greek has other words for that too. I think of mania is another Greek word for love, where we get maniac from. I work with teenagers all day long. Some of them are maniacs, right? But that sort of self-content, not self, sorry, uh, safe, content, familial, cozy, home love. That's storge. Theologian uh, and philosopher Paul Tillich gives one of my favorite definitions of love. He said that love is made up of four parts, care, respect, responsibility, and knowledge. Care, respect, responsibility, and knowledge. And there's no question, as we look at care, we are called to care for our loved ones. In Scripture, we look at even Jesus on the cross, says to John, look after my mother, take care of my mom. We wanna care for our loved ones. Respect can mean a lot of things. I take respect to mean esteem, valuing somebody, uh, choosing them over other things. And certainly, we are supposed to choose our family. I'll give you a story about that a little bit later. Responsibility, who here is a parent? Very good, about half of you. When we look at parenthood, obviously, you're responsible for your children, responsible for their well-being. It's a, it, it's a charge that you have from God, and it's the most sacred charge. But you've probably also felt your children be responsible for you. Have had your kids say to you, Mommy, are you okay? Or Daddy, are you all right? Even teenagers do that sometimes. So that responsibility for family. Knowledge is a big part of storge love. To know somebody, to be familiar with them. You can't spell family or familiar without family, right? These are people that you know most deeply. Storge is a deep love. You put all of this together and C.S. Lewis would also say that this is about as close to agape love as a human can get. When we look at agape love, that's God's love. It's selfless. Uh, in Rimbayu, I preached a few weeks ago about um, divine aseity, the idea that God is complete. So when you come to God, you don't complete God. God completes you. God's love is completely selfless. For humans, that's hard to do, but we can get close. And we get close when we live in storge love with people when we have that deep, familial, intimate love. So the next question is, who is defined as family? Is this just blood relatives? Is it the product of some uh, union, legal union? When biblical scholars look at storge love and look at family and how that's defined, uh, they point to examples like uh, Jesus and his best friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had a deeper kind of love. They weren't just friends, they were family. This is why we get that easiest verse in the Bible to memorize, 
Jesus wept. He did that at Lazarus' funeral, right? This was a deep, affectionate love. In Philemon, uh, Paul writes, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. That spirit of adoption runs so deep in Christianity. I have several friends who are in the process of adopting or trying to adopt. Uh, the church that I was a part of previously when I was in Korea was big on adoption, fighting for it. It's a sacred, sacred right, a sacred thing. We are adopted as co-heirs with Christ. It's something every Christian should have near and dear to their heart. Uh, every time Paul calls people beloved, and you know he uses that word a lot, beloved, I urge you, beloved, I appeal to you, to know that that's your family. So let's put all this into practice. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Sorry, I don't have a time, so I don't know how much time I have left. Oh, am I doing okay? All right, fantastic. I don't, I, anybody who plays with me on the worship team knows I can't keep tempo. I have no idea what time it is. Who is family? Let's look at unlocking doors. I wanna give you some personal stories to kind of put all this together and hopefully, because this is family, right? Who here has gone to my spiritual family? About half of you again, as part of the discipleship journey here in every nation. So I encourage you, if you haven't, to talk to your life group leader about that. In fact, I think if our pastors had their way, life group would sort of be like family here. How do we practice storge love in this church? in our LGs, So I wanna to talk to you about my childhood. Uh, I come from a broken home. Fantastic, I, I got 12 minutes left. Oh, I'm gonna slow right down. Sorry, you're stuck with me for 12 more minutes. I come from a broken home. Uh, my parents divorced when I was five or six, maybe something like that. It was too young, I, I don't remember. Uh, my mother and stepfather divorced when I was 29. And neither one of those was pretty. It never is, right? My mom's family, on my biological mom's side, they were never a big part of my family growing up. Uh, we kind of put the fun in dysfunctional, if you've heard that expression. Uh, so we did visit them, but they weren't an intimate part of my life. My dad's family has always been very welcoming and loving, but by virtue of our situation, they were never really a big part of my life either. So family wasn't huge for me growing up. In fact, one time uh, when I was uh, out to the movie theater, do you guys remember going to movie theaters? Yes, oh, I even miss movie theater hot dogs. That's how far I've come. I was at the movie theaters with my coworkers, and this was a long time ago, it was last century. Do you guys remember going to the movies last century? I'll give you a quick aside. So I'm a history teacher, because I have 12 minutes. I'm a history teacher, among other things. And I always love when we think of people who grew up in the 1880s and 1890s, and you know, when the automobile was a new thing, and, and you know, we were still sending telegraphs across the ocean. And it occurred to me as I was preparing for this that in a few years, kids are gonna be reading about people from the 1980s and going, oh, they had to write letters by hand and lick these little pieces of paper with glue on them and send the letters out. Oh, it made me feel old. So I'm at the movie with my friends and uh, this young man comes walking up to me and says, hey, Ben, 
And you know how when you, someone recognizes you, but you don't recognize them, and so you're like, hey, dude, right? He totally recognized, knew that I didn't recognize him, right? So he's like, you don't know who I am? I said, I, I'm sorry, man, I don't. I'm your cousin, Greg. What a horrible person I am. I didn't even know my own cousin standing right in front of me. But over the years, God has opened up those doors. His love has opened up doors. I have a great relationship with all of my parents, which sounds weird to say, all of my parents. But I love them dearly. They're probably watching this. Sorry, hi, I love you. And even that family, Greg was one of the few people to come visit me when I lived in Korea. I was there for over a decade, and he was one of a handful of people who brought his family, his wife and kids, out to visit me. God opened the door to bring healing to that relationship. I had to walk through it, but he opened that door. His storge love, his agape love turned into storge love, and we were able to reconcile. Now, I realize there are some situations where reconciliation isn't prudent. There are places where boundaries need to be maintained. I get that. Um, I think a great quote on that is from Josh McDowell. You guys know who Josh McDowell is? You guys look young. You probably know Sean McDowell is. Josh is his dad. Josh McDowell was uh, speaking to us once at a Promise Keepers convention, and he said, you can, see if I get this right, you can heal the hurt of the memory, but you can't heal the memory of the hurt. You can heal the hurt of the memory, but you can't heal the memory of the hurt. So when we think of reconciling family, sometimes that past is still there, but it doesn't have to hold power over you anymore. Uh, anyways, moving on, marriage. Marriage, who here is married? Yes. The rest of you, look around. Who doesn't have their hand raised? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, when I first got married to my wife, uh, we moved to her hometown to live next to her family, which is what you should do, right? Right? Maybe? Which meant after a long day of work, we'd go home, and she would hang out with her sisters and her mom, and I would go into my basement and play video games, because that's what I do. I'm a nerd, sorry. Yes, I heard one person cheer, thank you. This meant that we never really grew in knowledge of each other. Our love didn't become very deep. We didn't know each other. We were basically roommates. And one year we decided to move to Korea, the other side of the planet, and we, we went. This wasn't ascending, we didn't go because God called us. We just, basically, to be honest, I wanted to get out of Canada because of the winters. If you think of the coldest temperature you've ever been in, minus 54 Celsius. Anybody beat me, minus 54? I wanted to get out of there. No, that's not the whole reason why. But we moved to Korea, and in that place, we only had each other. There were no other foreigners within miles. We had to cling to each other, leave and cleave. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and hold fast to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, right? We only had each other, and we had to grow in intimate knowledge of each other, deep knowledge, and it saved our marriage. It saved our family. Now, I know what you're saying, but Ben, you had to leave family to do that. Maybe the way to think of it is like this. God wanted to start a new 
branch of our family tree, a new shoot. But that required some pruning. It wasn't easy, but God opened the door for our marriage to be stronger, better, deeper, for our love to be more affectionate. We had to walk through that door, but he opened the door for us. His love does that. Parenthood, parents in the house, yeah, you guys saw my little girl. She was a little older than this. She was in kindergarten. But uh, when I was in my 30s, for those of you who are in your 30s, I'm jealous. You can just go. You can just run, right? There's no stopping you. Uh, I had all kinds of energy in my 30s. I was a full-time teacher. I was in grad school full-time. And I was a coach, a volleyball coach. And that was about 20, 30 hours a week. And I was a good coach division championship, coach of the year, and I retired from coaching in the middle of my prime. And I did it because of a parent-teacher conference with my child's kindergarten teacher. We sat down and they showed us these pictures that they had drawn in class. Every kid drew a picture of their family and wrote a sentence, right? This is my mom, she loves me. This is my mom, she makes me food. Then I looked at my daughters. These are my parents. They work. Oh, that hurts, right? Right? So I decided to retire from coaching. I announced it that week because I, I needed to choose family. I needed to choose my daughter. I told you I'm a school teacher, your homework. Find some time this week to choose your kids if you have them. Choose your family, even if it's just one day. Put down the farm app or whatever and, and hang out with your kid. And believe me, it won't be easy. Every time I sit down with my daughter and I love her, how was your day? Fine. You got to work through that, right? Just sit there. How was your day? How was your day? How was your day? Eventually, they'll start talking. Choose your family. And it was hard, hard to do, but God opened the door and now I have a great relationship with my daughter. I love her so dearly. Last, I want to talk about now. So you guys have heard sort of my story about how I came to be in Malaysia. Before I was here, we were on a sabbatical year in Canada. And it was fantastic. We got to live with family. I lived in my mother-in-law's basement. Does that excite any of you, living in your mother-in-law's basement? I love my mom. She's great. She is wonderful. And they took us in because we were, in our circumstance, we were homeless, jobless, right? We got to live with family and they had never really lived with us before. We saw them on summer vacation, but they had no idea who I was. So we grew in that knowledge of each other. My daughter got to hang out with her cousins for the first time in her life, right? She got to spend time with them and get to know her family. But we also spent a lot of time asking God, what's next? And eventually he made it very clear that we were supposed to come to Malaysia. We had interviews in Europe and Asia, and I applied to a hundred teaching jobs, but God made it clear this was the place. Remember, Korea, we went. Malaysia, we were sent. There's a difference. When we announced that, the family didn't take it great. Not all of them. It's hard. In fact, I had one family member tell me to my face, how can you do that to your kid? How can you do that to your family? And then just 
as we were leaving, the week we were leaving, something happened that drove a wedge between me and that family. I dread going back to visit. I'm terrified. It's gonna be hard. I don't even think I'm welcome in many of their houses. And that, that's hard. But I'm willing to do it because it's family. That's what storge love is. For the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. That's agape love. For family, we go into the fire. We walk up the hill. We, we wade into the battle. We do that for family. I don't know what the end is gonna look like. I don't know what reconciliation looks like if it's possible, but you're willing to take those steps because it's family. And also, because I know God. He opened the door for me to reconcile with my own family and build good relationships. He opened the door for me to build a loving relationship with my wife. He opened the door for me to build a healthy relationship with my daughter. He's never failed me yet. Amen? I don't know if any of you guys are bosses, but if you've ever had to hire people, the best predictor of future performance is past performance. Who has a better resume than God, right? We can have that hope, a hope that doesn't disappoint. Um, one minute. Another C.S. Lewis set of books is the Chronicles of Narnia. I love the Chronicles of Narnia. And in there, uh, there's a, a, a line that goes like this. At the name of Aslan, all of the little children felt something jump inside of them. When we hear the name Jesus, does something jump inside of us? It's said that Aslan is on the move and the kids look and they see the winter retreat and the snow melt and hope return to the land. Jesus has never stopped moving. God is working even now. Do we have that hope? Do we believe that God is opening the doors in our lives? Do we feel that affection from him and can we take that affection and pour it into the people around us? I think our worship team is gonna lead us in a song. And I think it's secure, is that right? Storge love is a secure love. It's a safe love and that safety lets you take risks. I want you guys to stand up. We're gonna sing this and I want you to, to spend some time praying about those doors in your life. Ask God about your family. How is he bringing healing to your family? And just celebrate the fact that you're safe with him. Thank you guys.